click record. Hey, everybody, this is the She's the Owner podcast. I'm your host, Kara McCarran, and we have for an encore, Brian Bradley, who's wearing the craziest shirt I've seen to date. Have you ever worn that on stage? Of course. Under I, under something though, right? Yeah, because I always take off the vest and I say, guys, why are you working so hard to have abs when you can just buy the shirt? Right. Have you ever seen the um the TikToks or reels or whatever where they like literally just sort of at home airbrush it on? And I'm like, yo, you know, there's always a shortcut. So I want to talk about more about you and about just sort of your journey into personal development. I know we didn't get to ch- <laughs> chat about that too much before. Um, so I, the first question is how did you, I know you talked about, um, Pete Agoscu, but how did you get into, how did you f- get into Tony Robbins and personal development as a whole? Like you've been with him 25, am I? At least it's been my 31st year with Agoscu. So probably close to that ish with Tony, because he was one of my first clients I ever worked on. And, um, wow. he came in falling off the horse. He was five foot 10. Now remember that he's six, seven. So he's bent over, like, what is that? Nine inches. Wow. And and we make him walk up 14 stairs to come in. It was amazing. We had no elevator. And he's like, oh, that sucked. And I go, yeah. And he's like, I should have, you know, I got to, Right. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And I had no idea what the power move was and the physical and, you know, trying to anchor it. And I called Pete up and I go, bro. What did you just do to me that I'm working with this guy? He keeps hitting himself. He goes, no, he's doing this. <laughs> he's doing this physical blah, 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 do this. And I go, he goes, you know what Tony Robbins is? And I said, I, I just don't. So my first introduction was Tony in pain. My wow. second introduction was Tony out of pain an hour and a half later. And him saying, this is amazing to me. Everybody needs it. And that was the whole thing on how it snowballed okay. from there. And he, had, he and Pete had been friends for a long time. So my world into self-development and, and, um, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I have, I had parents who believed in themselves. Mm. I had parents who instilled in my four brothers and sisters and myself that you're a Bradley, you're a winner. Like wow. we're going, you know, that's it. You don't get into sports to do this. You know, you, you weren't allowed to quit a sport when you joined it for a year. Mm. You had one year you have to go through it because just because you're in a bad mood or the coach was a dick or something yep. like that, everybody else is the problem. So I looked at it as, you know, look, I'm going to wrestle. I'm going to play football. I'm going to play baseball. I'm going to play golf. And I loved them all. I sang in the chorus. I played in the marching band because I broke my, uh, broke my fibula, couldn't play ninth grade football. So I played the bass drum. Nobody was better at it than me. Not even the drummer for tool. Mm. Now I say that because when you go back and look at the drummer for tool, maybe one of the greatest drummers ever, but I would, you know, I did it because it was, it was friendly. It was things to do. It was a way to connect with people. And I was friends with everybody in school. You know, it wasn't like, you know, you're a football player. So you don't talk to the people in the band or course. I was everything and didn't think anything of it. So there was never any judgment. So you get older than society tells you you're in the marching band or this. Yep. And I just never resonated with me. Like we're not different. You know, what's the big deal? I had two of my best friends in high school are now in relationships with their partners, their guys in relationships with their guy friends. And everybody around me knew they were gay, except me. Right. Yeah. I don't know why, because I didn't really care. They were my friends. Right. And yes, we'd go motorcycling together and they'd always put me on the front, wrap their arms around me. Maybe, I don't know. Was I being hit on? Shit, I don't know. But, you know, I looked at that kind of stuff and just said, I'm friends with them to this day, which ties into the self-development stuff of sometimes you either have a really good life situation, which I was blessed to have Mm. four four amazing siblings. You know, I joke around with people and say that I was raised by wolves. I have three sisters, you know, and that's who I was really raised with because my brother was so much older. But he and I talk at least once a week. You know, um, we talk athletics and golf and basketball and all this stuff. My sisters talk about all the crazy stuff. Like I sent them the picture of me wearing the Santa sweater where Santa was pooping down the chimney, which might be the greatest. It was the greatest. I had that on my Instagram for a hot minute. That was the best one so far. Well, the the idea behind it is I got to bring a joke to you got to bring some levity to get people to change their mind about 
I'm sitting and they say it's the new cancer. Oh my God, I'm sitting again. I'm sitting again. I'm giving yeah. myself cancer. Like, come on. Yeah. We're really not that weak as a society. So the whole idea was to, I've always been in the position of trying to make people feel better, which is what a clown does. Mm -hmm. And I was literally the class clown. Right. And to me, I didn't do it out of any other reason than this. I freaking loved it. And I had attention deficit disorder so bad undiagnosed that I could read a book and highlighted everything. Cause I must all be important, right. take a test and I could pass with an A, B or C and then forget about the information that went all through college. When I ran into Peter Goscu, who brought me into the mindset of be curious, ask why, mm. which really goes into self development, like ask why things are happening to you or for you, two yep. different questions. When I hear two and four, I listen to language that people use. And that's why me in the chronic pain world or the performance world, I look at it as, God, I love you being injured. I freaking love it that you're injured. Right. What? Well, now you're, this is an opportunity for us to get better. Yep. hundred so percent. I don't know what drove me there other than I just had some cool ass parents. Did I get along with them all the time? Pretty much. I told people today on another Instagram that I was the middle kid. I was the forgotten one, you know, in the sense that. Brian, please don't come home for dinner early because you're a pain in the ass. Right. So because I was always so high strung. Yeah. And um, I think that's one of those things that my superpower is ADHD mm. because I've learned to listen and control and see 20 situations going on, use one to control the other and to help the other. And, you know, I think it just helps me. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, I mean, you know, labels are labels, but it's what makes you likable is the fact that you are able to sort of jet around. And, and it's interesting that you say that about, cause a lot of times the class clown is the class clown out of necessity. And I love that you're saying, no, like, that's not what this was. I just am. And I happy to be that way. Um, so when it comes to like, we'll get into the masculine, cause you said something, come on, we're not as, we're not that weak as a society. So maybe let's kind of go into that. I know, you know, in the Tony Robbins world, personal development world, we're sort of opinionated about just the state of things, the state of men and the state of women right now. But do you think there is some weakness when it comes to like, maybe you can relate it to the body, but it's, you know, I'm always hearing about men don't have enough testosterone nowadays and they're, you know, based on the food and plastics and all this stuff. And they're just not as, you know, balls to the wall, strong, getting shit done. Do you, do you see that as something, or do you just think we just need to kind of shift mindset or do you actually see men who are not as strong as they once used to be physically, emotionally, mentally? Let me start that off by, I go to the gym here in San Diego and I don't like the gym. Me neither. But I love the gym at the same time because I throw David Goggins on and I'm literally taking souls. Like he says in the gym, like you're not in competition with anybody else. You're in competition with yourself. You better like what you like in the mirror every morning. That's what you see. Could I be leaner? Hell yes. Do I want to? Eh. But I can tell you this, when I have the trainers in the gym saying to me, you know, I copy your workouts. I hope you're okay with it. I said, I'm totally fine with it. In fact, if you don't, you're not real intelligent. Mm. And that's not me being cocky saying, because look what I came up with. Remember, I ran into Peter Goscu 30 years ago right. who said bench pressing slows you down. And I'm like, dude, what? Bench press has nothing to do with running when it has everything to do with running. Because look at my pec muscle here. As I'm doing this in bench pressing, it's lengthening and it's shortening under mm -hmm. tension. Well, if I'm allowing this to happen versus being back here, then it affects my shoulder, which affects my run, which makes me slower. Yeah. So it all made sense. We've just learned to communicate a little differently. What I see in the gym now are not demasculinated men. I see guys that are maybe sometimes unhappy with what they see in the mirror, mm -hmm. which is why they're in the gym seven days a week, which doesn't make them a pussy. No. It makes them literally a victim 
of his own thought process. Mm. And he hasn't excelled to a point, not that one's better than the other. He hasn't come up here where we are. No, he hasn't had the opportunity yet to meet the right male or female in his life to say, you know, you can, you can be better if you just switch this mindset, ask this question, do bicep curls this way. So when I'm doing workouts, I literally start laughing out loud because one thing David Goggins said, and I really like the guy because yeah, he, you have to be into foul language and stuff. He's like that. In, he's intense. That guy though. Like he is, but he gets, I mean, out if, you're, if he's in your ear when you're working out, like... but he's out of a need. Mm-hmm. Look at his need. Look at his stretch marks. Look at him being 320 pounds. Look at him being the fat kid in high school that did everything else. Everybody else did because he right. was so insignificant. Yep. And any male myself who looks at that and goes, wow, that's attractive because there's parts of every one of us when you could admit that we all are there at a certain point. Yeah. You know, go back in the day, like I bought seven jeans when they were big, like 15 years ago, because they were 150 bucks a piece and everybody else wore them. I guess I should get them. I love them the way they fit, but $150 mm-hmm. when you could buy used Levi's somewhere and it makes your ass look just as good as long as you have one. Like, yeah. come on. And nobody's right, judging right. you for the jeans you're in, you know, and all this stuff. And, you know, we were talking about this, like significance issues that why I have a friend who has a McLaren. Mm-hmm. Why did you buy the McLaren? Well, because I love the car, but when I pull up somewhere, people know when I get out of it. And that is so unattractive to me. Right. Versus I make no secret about this. I love the Porsche GT3 and the Porsche GT4 RS. And I look at those cars and say, I can get the Porsche GT4 RS. It costs this much. I drive it for two years. Two years later, I can sell it for this much. And all those, I'm making 75 grand in two years. I, I get to drive the car for, like I'm looking at it from a logistical plus. Right. I track the car and I actually love driving the car. It's not about when I pull up somewhere, somebody's going to say this. Right. You either love the performance of stuff or you or you need the boost. I don't think that men are wussified. I think that society's trying to. Why but if anything- that? I think, well, because they say, if you open up your mouth as a toxic white male, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. But why do you think, because I see it too. I see all the time, like just constant bashing of, you know, toxic masculine, that narrative all the time. Like a man who can stand and hold presence for you, they're toxic. If a guy can, you know, have an opinion that's different from yours, he's toxic. If he's strong in his resolve and if he's got purpose and he follows it toxic matt like it seems if he holds the door at you for you at 7-eleven he's an asshole look like oh you held the door because i'm a weak female right i'm sorry you feel that way i really am i'm actually sorry you feel that way but i don't i held the door for you because i respect you ready for this i couldn't give two shits whether you're female or not right respect the human race I'm going to hold it for a 90-year-old male or female. I'm going to hold it for a young 21-year-old male or female. Yep. Maybe I can teach them that they should hold the door for the person behind them. Right. And by the way, if they identify as they, I couldn't give a shit either. Right. Because I'm going to respect you as they. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and that's, and that's the thing when, like, the conversations that I've had with women all along, it's, I don't need a man. I don't, you know, it's that whole snap your fingers and all that kind of shit. And it, but it does confuse the men, I think, because you end up thinking, well, if she does, and and we just like a date with destiny. So any of you listening, Brian and I both just finished date with destiny. He was, I almost said performing. You weren't performing. I mean, maybe you were a little bit. Um, it is oh, quite a performance. If you've never been to an event, he's probably one of the highlights of the whole thing. Cause he's freaking hilarious. But we talk about this. If you teach a man from a woman's perspective, for example, that I don't need you, eventually you stand there going, okay, well then what am I here for? Like, what's the purpose of my involvement in this situation? Um, And so that leads me sort of to, and and we don't like, again, we don't have to get into the nitty gritty of relationships, but like when you think about relationships with a man or woman in an intimate setting, do you, in your experience, I know what I've seen, but good and bad, but do you see that happening a lot where women are sort of just creating this idea that we don't need you. And so you end up standing there with your fingers kind of like, okay, now what, or are you, surrounded by women that are actually 
connected to their feminine and able to accept help from you. Let me answer that by saying this. Um, I don't invite drama into my life. I won't allow drama to sit around me in my life. It is not my job to fix people that view themselves as broken. It's not my job to judge them. It's not my job to allow them into my life, uh, introduce them to my family and all that stuff. It just doesn't happen, male or female. Having said that, here's a perfect situation that could happen. You get married. If everybody listening to this could close their eyes when they're in a, forget marriage, go to long-term relationship that, that ended. If you just close your eyes and go back to day one, mm. if one of my friends says I'm getting divorced, and I'm like, what do you mean you're getting divorced? At that point, it might be too late. Bring this up to me four months earlier, and I might have been able to help you by just saying this. Close your eyes. Go back to the day that you met her or him. I don't care. Tell me about that day. You can't help but smile. Oh, it was amazing. She had such great energy, blah, 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 that I was instantly attracted to it. Okay, stop. Next question. Does she still have that same energy? And I'm asking that question for a reason. Because what I'm really looking for is him to say no. And then I'm going to challenge him. Or does she still have that same energy? You're viewing it differently and you think it's not pointed toward you anymore. Mm. Because what happens is a woman is given the right and the privilege to give birth to a child. Mm -hmm. She will always have a nine month head start on loving that child because mm -hmm. it's brewing inside of her. Yep. Oh, and I here I am that. over here going, here's the dude going, I did that, but I have no clue about the developmental process mm -hmm. and all the pains that go with it and everything else. And when she is in pain, I can help her because I'm a savior, right? You know, that kind of stuff. Woman gives birth to the child. They both fall in love with the child. She already has a nine-month head start. In her past, her parents got divorced. In her past, she saw her dad 50% of the time, which means he left her. Mm -hmm. In her past, that has now become her future. You're a male. You're going to leave her. That's what she's perpetuating. Yep. You start feeling that. And guys are so, this is the wrong word, call it sensitive, but they're, they're weak in this way. I need the attention. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting it from her, but I can get it from her. Mm -hmm. I can get it from her. I can get it from drugs. I can get it from this. I can get it uh, from... I can get it from hanging around with a Tony Robbins group. Yep. But that's fulfilling one thing. But if you haven't fulfilled the whole over here, then you start to dislike your own child. Yep. Because that little fucker just caused my divorce unconsciously. Right. I hear this from people all the time. My second child really hurt me in childbirth. My back's been killing me. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Think about what you just said. My second child, every time I look at her, and she's 13 and she's starting to argue with her. Mm -hmm. She hurt you. Wow. I didn't even think about the language. I will stop using that right now because subconscious becomes conscious. So yeah, there's all kinds of things like that. As a male, and Tony said this before, you got to create and stay in, it's not a competition. You got to create the fun in your relationship. Right. And at some point as a male go like this, Oh, hell no, that's not happening. Right. Boom. Put down the foot, put down the law. It's not happening. Caveman. Yep. Where you go, this is not allowed anymore. Yep. Um. So what? like if I could write a book in this kind of stuff, I would say, guys, females, you're having a baby. Let me tell you how you, female, are going to screw this up. Right. Wait, what do you mean? You're blaming? No, I'm not blaming you. Right. But if you don't recognize how vulnerable he is, you will replace him with the one male in his life that will never leave you. And it's your son. Yep. And now it's like, holy sh, you know, and then you start reversing all that kind of stuff. And, now, and I, I, sorry, I, I love everything you're saying. Like I'm, I'm 
writing notes. I'm chomping at the bit. And I think the key though is like communication, right? Like if I said, I have four daughters, I birthed, I birthed four children. I lost a son and I have an older stepdaughter from my previous marriage. And so I've birthed four and it's it the falling in love, but the nine months head start, like that's the, um, that's the probably one of the top most brilliant things I've ever heard in describing motherhood. But like, it's just communication though, right? Like if I say to the man, listen, like let's have a dialogue about this. All of what you just said can happen. It doesn't have to end up in this resent, resentful way. Um, but the connection too, to like birth pain, and then connecting that to the kid, that that was a little bit of a poop. Oh, hello. You have no idea how many women do that, and and they're they're saying it authentically, right? And then I just got into whoa. Let's take a step back. And I here's what I heard. How much? And then I literally throw out something like this. Yeah, I'd probably hate that kid too. She's like, <laughs> what? I'm like, that's gonna be your pain in the ass, child, isn't it? Well, no, she's actually my best. Then stop blaming her for your back pain. Right. It's not fair. No. Your body is, and by the way, your back pain is such a gift or we wouldn't be talking about how I'm going to help you create a compelling future from this right. point out. Yeah. And, hmm. the, you know, from a the 50% divorce rate in this country <laughs> could be so easily remedied, easily remedied. If you ask yourself why you're getting married in the first place, mm -hmm. oh, because we've been married or dating for three years and it's the right thing to do. No, uh, you know, getting people to ask the right questions. You're basing that off of it's expected of me. It's part of my significance. I want to be married. I have a friend who's getting divorced right now, literally right now, been married for six months, had a ceremony during the summer, but it didn't fulfill the hole that he's trying to fulfill. Wow. And it's not her fault. Right. Wow. And he's going to look at it as a failure. Right. And He's either going to come out of this or he's going to kill himself. And I think it's 50, 50. And it's That's... my job and my, all of our friends to go, bro, come on. And then start asking the real questions because a friend will tell you what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. I've got to detach myself from being his friend and say, this is going to hurt a little bit. But until you figure out who you are, you're always going to cling to situations like this. And I would encourage you to get some deep thought processed counseling on this. I don't care who does it. Practical psychology through Robbins or traditional psychology over here. But either Something. way, find the right psychologist who isn't trying to fix him or herself, mm -hmm. his or herself, whatever the English version is. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's a lot of things unwrapped there, but it's, it comes down to one thing is it's, you're a lot of, I think, I think the word significance can work for you or against you. Mm -hmm. For me, significance works for me. Like I like being the center of attention, but I don't need it. Mm. And I channel it, channel it in a way of I'm the center of attention, but I'm going to eventually make it about you. My Christmas pooping sweater. I knew it would get some chuckles. I also knew it could be looked at as very unprofessional. I'll take both. Right. Because it could lead to a conversation. Right. Yeah. You don't, it's, you don't really care kind of like what's going to jar the person as long as you get to have a chat with them. And so have you ever, I mean, one thing I want to touch on is when you said, um, get attention from being in Tony Robbins, like I'd, I'd never actually consider that. Like when I talk about men and women, I will say, you know, same thing. A lot of times women that I coach don't want to hear it necessarily, but when you talk about, um, cheating or, but it's not just cheating. It could be gaming. It could be, they're going, spending time at work. They're spending time at Tony Robbins. And the trick around that is you think it's a good thing, right? Like when you've done a lot of work, I find so that you're not seeing the blind spots. Like, you know, if a woman and a man are in a relationship and the guy or the woman is very, you know, controlling and doing all the things to put him in his feminine, it, you can, it can get sneaky where the diversions, you can look at that and go, well, what's wrong with going to all these Tony Robbins events? That's great. But if it's diverting you from the shit you're supposed to work on, that's when it gets sneaky. And I find like a lot of times in our world where we're doing all this work, the diversions get sneakier <laughs> where you could almost look at that and go, well, what's wrong with that? 
Well, what's wrong with that is that you've got a mess at home that you haven't quite cleaned up yet. You're not having covers. Some people will cheat. Some people go to Tony Robbins events. And I hadn't even thought of that. Like, it's a valid point. There's a ton of people that are in the community that you're like, yo, you maybe it's time to go home and work some of this stuff through, right? That's why, you know, look, and, and Tony and Sage and I have talked about this, not in super huge detail, but I've watched them in their personal lives and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a time and a place. For example, there's a time and a place to drop the F-bomb. Mm -hmm. But not at home. Mm -hmm. Like, does it serve you in conversations at home? Probably not. But to get people's attention, fucking A. <laughs> You know, and they're like, whoa, okay, here we go. Well, there's that word, you know, and, and to see people in their authentic lives, like that's why I've seen Tony and Sage for decades. Um, I, I've watched Peter Goscue live his life, you know, having a wife who passed away from stage four breast, bone, brain, lung cancer. Um, and watching a guy who's a fix it guy can't fix it. That was rough. Yeah, I bet. And, um, but it led him into, you know, she had to pass for him to write the conclusion in his new book to say, and to my late wife, Troy, you told me the best was yet to come and you weren't wrong, mm. you know, and it's to a 76 year old visionary athlete, healer, ex-Marine, badass MFer to have that sensitivity. I want to model that. Right. I want to model that. I want to be that person. You know, my son's home from college. That relationship could turn tumultuous very quickly. Right. If right. I wanted to be right all the time about how a teenager's acting mm -hmm. or 21 year old and not coming home. And you know what? I'm like this. Let me know if I have to come and get you. Yep. I don't care if it's prison. Right. But let me know. Let's stay out of prison. <laughs> Hope not. But yeah. But if you're at having hot wings somewhere and you drink seven beers call me if it's 3 a.m i'll come and get you I, i'd rather have you around tomorrow and yeah. what is it i lose an hour of sleep who cares yeah so it's all in perspective and, and really sitting down and calming uh, look i pulled this book out man's search for meaning this is one of robbins's favorite books if if you guys haven't read this book read it from just the perspective of Inside the Holocaust, inside prison war camps, that Viktor Frankl stayed alive when he was shriveling down to zero and his friends were dying around him who were shriveling down to zero. Why didn't he die? Because he had a mission where to go. I've got to find my family. And when you look at that kind of stuff, how can't you be excited? Right. Like literally, I, I, I just did an Instagram live with us talking about diaphragm. How do you get excited about the diaphragm? Well, I did some horrible artwork back here, but it worked. We did a Chris Farley joke off it. It worked. Yeah. Because I want people to come out of this and go, wow, you're taking a very serious subject and you're making it like reality. My sister and brother teach math. One in the, um, they're both in the high school setting and all that stuff, but one is already retired. And I write back to them. I'm like, how are the nerds doing? Because my sister sent me a picture today that she wore a sweater that said Fa-La, F-A-L-A, with the number eight beside it. You know, like to the eighth power. Fa-La-La-La-La-La-La-La. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah. And I'm yeah. looking at it. I'm going, Fa-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La-La. Holy cow, that is eight times. Like, here's me. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. But they're calculus people. Right. And they get off on calculus. <laughs> So I write back and I'm like, freaking nerds unite again. You know, we're all joking around. Yeah. But it's what I will meet them and have discussions with that kind of stuff. And I will have them hook up with my son to talk statics and statistics in his degree from college because I want him to see some people who he can model and go, they're excited about the statics right. course. Yeah. You know, there are people out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's funny when you talk about like the Holocaust my grandparents were um, Ukrainian and they got taken forcefully to go and work camps. Um, they were not Jewish, so they were really just there to work. And oftentimes when you, 
and I and I don't know if the I mean it is a societal thing. I have a 21 year old as well, and that age group can be somewhat entitled. And I'll just leave leave that with a little bow. But then you it's it's a, like when you're talking about your son, just giving the little reminders, like the little nudges, like there we could be f- excited and have fun around pretty much anything. And really, what is the alternative, right? Like when you think about a lot of these things that people get whooped up about, what's the alternative? Like one of my um, top, the top value now after Date with Destiny is to be playful in everything, right? And that will connect me more to my heart and that will connect me to your heart and so on and so on. And I think it is super important to like, even in math, I mean, math is not my jam, I don't love it, but if someone can make, like Keith Cunningham, he makes accounting friggin' hilarious. Yeah. Like never have I been in a room where I'm laughing out loud at someone talking about account, talking about accounting. So um, I love all that. Have you ever, do you, do you do coaching? Like, or are you just like officially coach? Like can people hide? No, you should, you should do it around no. relationships. You've got some no. good insight there. Yeah. Listen, in my opinion, I know just enough to be dangerous because I think I could take people <laughs> to a certain point and then go, Can I make the tag to bring somebody in who actually knows? And I honestly think it should be a female at that point. Like if you said to me, Brian, we're going to tag team coaching. No problem. I would say, great, because I have your knowledge behind me. I want to start off with the the shock Mm. that I create of the mother has a nine-month head start. And I look at a man and go like this. You're always going to be second. Yeah. But don't let her push you to fourth. Right. When she pushes you to fourth, you're going to bang her friends. Right. Game over. It's done. And that's done. So yep. I don't, I don't believe men. I know men don't want to be pussified. Right. I can see how they can be viewed that way. But saying yes to your wife or your girl or your partner, guy, I don't care who it is, doesn't mean you're being disrespectful to yourself. Right. Being dishonest Later on, even if you had to say yes in public and then come home and go, I'm going to tell you something that I heard tonight that is a little questionable. Well, no, that's how I feel. I understand that's how you feel. That's why I'm not telling you it's wrong because that's how you feel. Yeah. What I'm going to tell you is what I heard. Now I'm going to tell you how it made me feel. Right. If you speak to feelings. Right. Let me tell you how you made me feel. You can't argue any point about my feelings. Right. I'm not saying how I feel is right in your world, but it sure as hell is right in my world. And that's kind of how I look at raising kids and all these things. When I see like my kid, he's pushed the limits a lot of times. And I just said, here's a better question to ask. I say to him all the time, I couldn't even understand what it would be like to be single and 21 these days. Like you don't go to a bar and meet your wife anymore. You don't go, you know, you don't where. Ugh. Yeah. You know, this kind of stuff. And don't kid yourself. It's always based on looks. Right. Because it's not based on, there's the one app out there that won't even put looks up there. It'll put all the qualities first. I would read that and go, great. But then what does Um, she look like? 100%. Yeah. That's 100%. You're going to go, I got to be, let's just be honest. You're going to be physically attracted to somebody to go, I'm playing pickleball last night and this guy walks in and I literally looked at him and I go, holy shit. I go, Pickle- pickleball just got better looking. And, and he looks, he goes, what? I go, you might be the second most beautiful male I've ever seen. And I love the shock of that because yeah. the guy, uh, 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 and I'm like, I wanted to say to the guy, bro, just look at me and go like this. I know. Yeah. Because I always tell people, I'm, I'm like, I joke with them. I go, look, I'm 8% body fat. <laughs> well, in this arm, I have 8%. In this <laughs> arm, I have 8%. So, you know, I joke around because 8% would be super lean. I'm not a, I'm not a let's get lean and my significance doesn't need it. I live by the 70-30 rule, which should be the 80-20 rule. I just changed the numbers to meet my lifestyle. So let's get back. Let's get the people to a mindset where they're just asking a better question. If I can focus on what I'm saying, you're saying it makes you feel this way, then we should go back to what Bill Clinton said after he reads the four agreements on a daily basis that says, I wonder what I had to do with that narrative to make that person feel that way, to have them be so negative about me. 
He said, I don't take anything personally, but I take it seriously. Right. And then I assume you're right. So that I can go back and look at a situation and say, I can totally understand why that person said that because they're still living in the time when I was doing the Monica Lewinsky stuff. Like when half the country thought dirty, dirty, dirty old man and the half that are judging the dirty old man or do it at themselves. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like guys judging. or girls. Yeah. That's why they're judging versus going, hmm. can you imagine what it's like to be married to Hillary Clinton? Oh, no. oh I'm not even, I'm not even saying all oh, because she's a horrible person. I don't, I, I'm not judging that. I'm saying my niece worked for her. Mm. I'm saying Hillary's got to be tough. Yeah. She has standards. Right. And you want to talk about some of that may have demasculinated her husband. Mm-hmm. I'm giving him no excuse to stray off the farm. But it's I'm, understandable, I'm, though. Like, it that's, could, that's that could have thing. easily been it. That could no. have easily been it. And I, I, that's a good segue because I think so many times, again, women, you know, this is how girlfriends talk. Oh my God, he's such an asshole. He cheated. How could he? And, and all the all the girl is seeing or the woman is seeing is that immediate second when your friend goes, oh, he cheated. He's a prick. Not the back two, three years of you cutting his nuts off on a daily basis and making, and now not everybody has the ability like you and I to be in the world of, of learning about this stuff. Not everybody knows about it. They just think, oh, she's cutting me off at the knees on a regular basis. And eventually, so I say to women, like, I don't condone cheating on either side, but I can see why eventually a man may wander because that's it. Like, again, if, if you're not, and one thing I wanted to bring up was you, you made a comment about you drop the caveman hammer basically. And you just say like, enough is enough and drop, you know, kind of put your foot down. And I think if, if men trusted themselves more to do that in this, in a relationship, I think a lot of things would shift. Like I know even when you guys do that freedom exercise, right? Like you energetically, and if you've not seen or been to date with Destiny, there's a part where Tony will play a bit of Braveheart and he stands up in the middle of the, in the front of the room and he throws his arm up and he yells freedom. And then he just lets the men do what they're going to do. In that moment, you energetically put us in our place in the most loving way possible. And that energy, like that's the energy when I talk about men aren't getting to be like that as often anymore. That's what I'm talking about. That we're not afraid of you. We're not thinking, oh my God, he's, they're going to hurt me. I'm just like, oh, oh my God. Like, do you know how many women on a regular basis talk about that one thing that you guys do or that they do and is like the most erotic experience of all time without actually being in an intimate relationship in that moment? Because it puts us in our place, which also, which really translates to making us feel safe, safe enough to go, okay, you got the wheel. I'm going to back, back off here a second. Um, and so, go into your own expertise, wherever that might be in the relationship. Let the guy have what he's good at. Let the girl have what she's good at. Like I, like, and and then you come together to form this cohesive relationship, where now all of a sudden your kids are affected in a way that says, "Okay, I totally get it. Yeah. I totally get it." Now I'd like to model that. Like right, when I right. looked at my mom and dad, of course they had fights. My dad used to referee basketball. He coached golf. He coached football. He was a school teacher. He had six blocks long of people coming to see him in his casket. Wow. Six blocks. And I said to my mom, look down the line. You were married to that guy. Mm. Not, I wonder how many you'll have at yours. Right. My dad had six blocks of people. And I'll tell you another thing that I brought my son up with that line of thinking, because he knew my father, we took him back there to normalize him, get him out of California, take him back to central Pennsylvania and show him the real world a little bit. And he got to see, wow, that's your dad. Mm. I saw how he did this. And then I would literally tell him, oh, there were times when my dad and I didn't see eye to eye. He was a school teacher. And, you know, so he finally said to me, he goes, you know, I got to ask you a question. Do you think school teachers make enough money? And I said, I go, give me an idea. He goes, $50,000. I said, in the middle of Pennsylvania, $50,000 when your house costs you $50,000? Yeah, $50,000 could get you through life very easily. If you're living where I live, Dad, the median home price is $900,000. You better be moving five or six of your teachers in to pay for that house. Right. Right now you're living in a commune. Yeah. Having said that, Dad, 
Let's take it to 25,000. Let's jump it to 100,000. Look at those two differences. You get summers off. You get Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, uh, spring break. Oh, spring break. I, I said, you're missing more work than I could ever think about work. I said, in, in my 40 hour a week work in 52 weeks a year to keep the business going. I said, plus you get retirement. Mm -hmm. I don't get retirement. I have to plan for retirement. You're getting a paycheck right now being retired of call it $5,000 a month for doing nothing after retiring at the age of 55 until the age of 85 when you died 30 years, right? Yep. A month times 5,000, blah, blah, blah. You made another $1.8 million and all that. I go, I would say that you were overpaid. And he's like, <laughs> oh, I'm not even arguing that point, Brian. He goes, I didn't think about what we do get. And I said, yeah, because you're too busy listening to what you don't get. Right. And I said, don't get me wrong. You guys are absolute as it relates to needed in the world. But don't convolute that with, I deserve. Mm -hmm. Like I get people out of chronic pain every day. Or do I? No, change that, Brian. They get themselves out. I just guide them. Great. But I could easily jump on board with great job. Right. And I try not to. Yeah. Because I always say this. No, it's about their discovery, not about how cool we are. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, my dad and I had some some disagree, disagreements. Um, my two nieces that are so far hardcore left, I love having lunch with them because I'm in the middle. And I say to them, I go, you know, if you came over here in the middle, it's kind of fun. <laughs> Just to witness the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, if you go yeah. over to CNN, constant negative news for one set of lies, and then you go over to faux news, which I call Fox, F-A-U-X, faux, uh, you go over there for the other set of lies, and then you go, let me kind of mesh this and see what's really here. You might be a little happier than always being in the one narrative that's yeah. feeding you such negativity. No wonder you're having an emotional breakdown and a mm -hmm. cellular breakdown. Welcome to cancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thoughts become cellular, mm -hmm. which is why we started off with, I don't invite drama in my house and I won't put up with it. Right. So what does it look like when Brian doesn't put up with it? If somebody's really whooping you up, are you, do you just tune them out? Do you say, I mean, I guess it depends on the level of closeness to the person, but like, what, what might that look like? You know, it's like an interesting question because I, I can't even remember the last time it's happened. That's good. Um, we're on a pickleball court two weeks ago. And I served a ball to this guy. We play at the four or five, five oh level, you know, because I'm trying to up my game, blah, blah, blah. And I gave him this clockwise serve. It hit the hit the court and bounced out. He didn't have a chance to hit it. Young kid. And he goes, throws the ball back. So I have to go pick it up. And he goes, you serve like that again. I'm going to do this, this, this. And I, I felt it. Male to male. Here it comes. Battle Royale. And I said, I'm sorry. I didn't get that last part. You serve it that way then, blah, blah, blah. I said, that's interesting. I said, um, you do realize you're on the competitive courts, not the recreational courts. I said, a serve like that is warranted. Your inability to get it is not my problem. But if you'd like me to slow the game down, I will. But I thought you were an upper level player. So he throws some stupid things back and I'm just like, don't take it. Don't take it. Don't take it. I hit another ball. He hits the ball and the ball comes back and lands about a half an inch outside the line. My partner raises a hand one out. And I said, yeah, I was out. He goes, man, you guys need lens crafters. And I said to him, I said, I'm sorry, did you say something? And he goes, yeah, you're blind. I said, actually, that's true. I said, I have a glass left eye, but thank you for noticing. <laughs> and so because I'm now I, now I want him to feel bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pick on my disability. Oh, okay. And now I'm just feeding the narrative. I'm creating the drama. I caught myself about three quarters of the way through and I said, Brian, just shut up. Right. The kid, there's no chance of winning. Now we beat him bad, like 11, six, 11, five, whatever. Nice. Um, yeah, we had to win. Um, two other players came up and validated my stuff later by saying, yeah, we got in arguments with that guy before I almost punched him. And I said, well, wow. my last statement to him was, do you see this gray beard? He said, yeah. And I said, you're going to find out what old man strength is here pretty quick. And then is that a threat? I said, no, it's not a threat. I said, just, you realize we're playing pickleball, but I let him get to me. Right. But if you can notice when somebody gets to you, then you can take a step and say, 
Why are you giving this moron control? Mm-hmm. And then you got to change it again. Moron comes with judgment. Yeah. Well, be better than that. Why are you giving this guy control when he's really unhappy? Maybe he lost his cat that day. Maybe yep. his wife left him. Maybe he lost his house. Maybe he's just miserable. Truck driver song, right? And all of a sudden I'm kicking him in the nuts. Right. I have no interest. That's beautiful. I think like a lot of times when I first started doing this work and obviously, you know, there's, it's always, it's a a journey, but little things would piss me off. Like someone cuts me off on the road and I'd be wailing on my horn and what the fuck don't you see? And as I started to go inside and figure my own shit out and why, why, like now I question, right? And I'm like, why does that piss me off? That, That guy's mom could be taking her last breath. Her, his wife could be, I mean, I birthed our son. He died 15 minutes after that. Like we were in a rush to go places. So I, it's, but it, it really does require that humility to shut up and just take a breath for a second. Everyone's so quick to, um, and the, the freedom is in that, like the freedom is the ability to just stop for a second. I mean, you had a bit of a go at him and that's funny and, you know, boys men tend to do that a bit but the fact that you can kind of just whew, um, but women have a really hard time doing that like you know once we get into a fight with a especially with a spouse like or another girlfriend who you oh. completely have ties with and you'll never go back and this and this and this well i played him last night again okay and i patted him on the back and said before we played um he took another game and i said you might want to pick this court because the sun's a little easier so I broke the ice with the talk. Then I played them and uh, my partner was not real good. We lost barely to them, um, but it was there were no negatives. I gave him the same type of serves in the game. He learned a little bit that he can run his mouth. That's the problem with today's society. People can type stuff out or run their mouth and they feel like there's no, here it comes. Yeah. Well, who am I to be here it comes unless it really pushes my you know, buttons. Like if I'm in a, if I'm in a car, and somebody comes up to my window and says, get out of the car. I'm not stupid enough to get out of the car. If they start wailing on my car to break my windows and get into my car, and I have family members in my car, my car becomes its own protective defense weapon. Right. You know, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to sit there and go, I'm a pacifist. No, right. you're going to leave with some bruises. Yeah. Right. But it's a, you don't know where people are mentally and emotionally. Yep. Which is, you know, my head's on a swivel 24 <laughs> seven. You know, when I go to different cities, I'm like this. And they're like, well, why? Because you never know where people are, especially during the holidays. Remember, Christmas used to be the number one suicidal time of the year. Yeah. Everybody else is happy but me. Boom. What? You know, they've reached a point where they've they've literally done the cardinal sin. They've taken a life that was given to them. Right. You know, that's a not such a good place to be, especially like coming from the Catholic world, you'd go, Oh my God, you've committed the ultimate sin. Ultimate and, sin yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, and, but again, I don't believe that my God is going to look at that person and go, you're going to hell. Right. I believe they're going to sit there. I believe honestly, it's, it's one of these, I have three questions for you. Hmm. Why'd you do it? I can understand that. Here's my second question. I can understand that. Here's my third question. Right. And when you start to really dig down into why people do it action wise, it's all based on I'm hurt. Yep. I'm scared. And remember fear acronym, forget everything and run or forget everything and rise. Right. It's all magnanimous. Like let's rise. Okay. Well, this isn't the Braveheart movie. Right. Right. Which by the way, was on two days ago. And if you didn't cry at the end of that again, when he's on the chopping block and he sees her walk out, Oh my, you're just heartless. You got to watch it. <laughs> you got no heart. So um, how do you stay motivated to stay on your, I mean, I personal development game, but like, how do you stay? Cause here's the, here's the truth for me. A lot of the, t- not a lot, but sometimes it's like, I wish I didn't know what I know about food and processed food and all of the things like 20 something years ago, you know, I, we started reading and sort of educating ourselves on organic eating and all the things and processed food is going to kill you all that stuff. And there's days when definitely I wish I didn't know what I know. Ignorance is bliss. So I could just eat the fucking burger and just be like, cool. And I mean, I, I do, but you know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes I feel that way about this stuff where do I have to always be the one questioning my own shit? Like, why can't I just be pissy sometimes? Why can't I flip that person off in the car and just be like, cool with it? Um, but what, how do you stay in the zone of 
just always wanting to do better? Or do you have days where you're like, oh, F this, I'm just going to be throwing a pickleball paddle at someone? I today. don't. I, um, I always look at it as the reason I would want to throw a pickleball paddle with somebody, it has to do with me. If I'm unhappy about something, uh, somebody says this, like last night, I'm, you know, I'm hanging Christmas lights late last night because I'm the only house in the block that finally got to it. Shame on you. No, yeah, my neighborhood like went up. Oh, Halloween's over. Christmas is starting. I'm oh. like, what? So you, I finally got them up last night because I'm the one apparently in the neighborhood who travels. And I look at this and I just say, I'll get it up when I'm ready. And when I'm ready, it'll go up. But I know that I'm doing it out of a place that I'm celebrating my Christmas and all that stuff. Having said that, when are you going to die? I feel like there's an answer I should give, but I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, it could be literally Today right could now. Be, yeah. So why not live that way? Right. And, and you just say, like you're saying, Brian, what do you do to get ready for this? Nothing. I literally got up this morning. I waited about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, played with the dog a little bit. Nobody else was up. I made bulletproof coffee, got in the cold plunge. And just said to myself, I literally said, this is going to suck. Then I heard David Goggins go, do something that sucks today. Right. But then I change it to, but the water's going to serve me how? Mm -hmm. Mitochondria, cortisol, hormones, brown fat, all that stuff. I'm going to do the Norma Tech here in a little bit. Then I'm going to ride this bike. And then I'm going to do, probably go play some pickleball later, all that stuff. I look at this kind of stuff and I say, my life is here to serve me. I better serve it back. And when you when you can't control when you're going to go, why not be the person to talk about when they're done that says, like, seriously, what do you want to be said on your obituary? Like when when I die, when Tony Robbins passes, can you imagine what's going to be said about him? Negative and positive. Yeah. But the, but the positives are clearly going to outweigh it because people are going, he's literally saved my life. And, and if I was at the funeral talking to somebody who said that I would say no he didn't and if Tony were here he would say don't give no, me I the didn't. Credit. Yeah. yeah yeah don't give me the credit for saving you Brian my god you've changed my life you got me out of pain please give my regards to Pete I said I'll give you regards to Pete but in no way are we taking the credit for you doing your part to get you well mm -hmm. and they're going well you know what I meant I said I know what you meant but I need you to say it mm -hmm. give yourself the credit so for me Every morning, it's about getting up, eating metal and shitting bullets by noon. Like, let's go. This is a machine we're going with. And, you know, it might be because I'm, I'm, I burn incense in my house, for example, especially at Christmas. I have this little house that has a chimney. You burn it and it comes out the chimney. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like back east. Come on. You know, like, because in California, there's no really change yeah. of scenery. So it's the same stuff every day. But it gives you that feeling of, I remember shoveling walks. I remember being home. I remember opening presents and there's nothing. I saw this commercial. There's nothing like the feeling of Christmas morning and opening up presents until you're a parent and mm. you get to watch your own kids do it. And then yeah. you get to watch grandkids do it. And so, you know, it just keeps getting better and better and better. If you're willing to see the gift that's in front of you, Peter Goski, when I know he picked it up somewhere else, he'd tell you that too, but you can't say anything that's going to upset me mm -hmm. because I refuse to give you power. Mm -hmm. It's, Thank you for the gift, but no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Brian, you're this, you're this, you're this. Thank you for the gift, but no, thank you. Yeah. How do you stay grounded in like, do you, I mean, do you have spiritual, I feel like you do obviously, but do you have practices? I know you do the cold plunge and, um, so. Yeah, but that's not spiritual. I know what you mean. For me, prayer, it is. <laughs> well, prayer is meditative talking to your God is meditative. And I don't believe, I'm going to tell you this for all the atheists out there. This is what I would hope that you could see if you were an atheist. When you give your life to someone else that you believe in, you know, I don't care what God it is either. I have, you know, my Muslim friends didn't give it to Jesus Christ. I can tell you that. My Jewish friends recognize Jesus Christ, but they're not viewing them the way that most Christians do. They all have the same belief system, mm -hmm. which is I'm going to try to live a good life because I'm responsible to respect that next level that made me or, you know, that, and I, and I think when you take that away, the narcissism takes over. Mm -hmm. It's all about me. I don't care what anybody else says. I'm not responsible or I don't have to be uh, nobody else is watching. I don't have to be a good person. 
that's when like the devil steps in if you believed in that you know and so i just i you know i use it more as a meditative thing like i travel with master ko a couple times you know and i hear him talk about this and you know and he's like look i don't really care what or who you believe in i have my own beliefs but he say he would say but as the great philosopher blah 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 said and then he'd bring something out and you're like holy cow he just quoted allah right and i know he's not muslim right you know or he just quoted jesus and i know he may not be hardcore christian you know and it's kind of cool to be able to pull some very he quoted bruce lee and he sure as hell wasn't a god right but uh be water my friend you know stuff like that mm -hmm. like it's, you know his whole get in the flow was all tied to it's bigger than the punch it was right. given as a gift, respect it, mm -hmm. you know, live it. And that's kind of where I stand, which is, you know, I have a stupid sense of humor. I have fake poop in my bag because when somebody <laughs> gives me a shitty response, I bring it out and go, that's kind of how that answer was, you know, and then that breaks their state. And it's all about the excitement of breaking their state. Pete Agoscu has another way of doing it, which is just asking more poignant questions. My therapists all around Igoscu around the world have different ways to do it. And I look at that as based on their upbringing. So what do I do to stay grounded? There's not a conscious effort to stay grounded. I have my mom and dad's death cards up to up on that TV up there mm -hmm. because I look at it. And I, it's almost like a little shrine, but you know what? I don't get to go and visit their grave and stand over there and talk with them. You know, you don't need to do that because they're, they're wherever. But it does remind me, oh, they brought you into this world. You should yeah. respect it. And be grounded in it. Yeah. So last question. Um, thank you for letting me pick your brain. It's been amazing. Um, and this might this might be a long answer, but when it comes to the the goals for the business, um, for your health, for relationships, what sort of and if you want to take them one at a time, but like what are some how do you like what sort of you do to set yourself up for the next year? Or do you even bother doing that? Is it just constantly throughout the year? I know a lot of times, um, like I already set everything up earlier this month for the next year. I'm not waiting till the crack of dawn on the first, like I'm, I've been planning a while. Um, what are, what are some of the tools that you use to strategically plan your year out in any one of those categories? Ooh, when are you going to die again? Who knows? So why plan anything? Okay. So it's not that I plan for it, but I live every day according to the plan that I have set for the rest of my life, which is just be fucking awesome. Yeah. Help people. Uh, use your humor in a positive way. Be careful what you say because it may upset somebody, but make sure if it does that they absolutely know that you did not mean to. You know, um, you know, there's just stuff that I won't touch. Like I won't joke around about stuff. You know, it's almost like being, I'm like the white Dave Chappelle. Like there's, there's stuff that he'll hit. Oh, you got frozen. Can you still hear me? Shoot. that's crazy you say dave chappelle and everything goes haywire hmm. exactly <laughs> okay so let's edit that and i can say okay like we just got shut off sorry about that folks but i'm like i joke around that i'm the white dave chappelle because yeah i do say some stupid stuff you know like um hey 15 seconds i go come on guys you remember your honeymoon and i wait <laughs> you know people joke about it crickets I, but I won't do that at certain events. Like that's not going to happen at my big dental event. That's not going to happen at right. you know, a professional event, but at Robin's events, you know, you can get away with little things like that. A pooping sweater. Because none of it is based on hurting people's feelings. Mm -hmm. That's why somebody who says to me, like I have these pretty uh, right, I'll call them um, right driven politically friends. And then some pretty hardcore left politically friends. And I purposefully bring us all together. We're all friends. Um, and, and, you know, we joke around. Some of us go skiing together, snow, uh, snowboarding together every year. And I, I bring it up at dinner. I'm like, so uh, how's the left wing batshit crazy side going? And then I look <laughs> over here and I go, how's the right wing Nazi warmongering, blah, 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 the people going. And then, and I, and I perfect, they're like, well, you know, they argue, I don't really feel that way. But it's fun to hear their sides because 
a lot of it's just based on fear and what they know. Right. And, you know, so I don't plan a lot of things out. Um, but there are certain things that I won't, like there are certain things I won't joke about, like I may have 30 years ago, because I didn't realize that what I might say might hurt someone's feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's not never, that's never your intention. No, but why even bring it up if there's a right. chance? Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a, um, you're, you know, back in the day, like I'm 50, almost 55. So back in the day, you'd be at a country club and somebody would go, a Jew, a black guy, a Muslim and a priest walked into a bar and I'm going like this, tell us more. Yeah. You know, now I go like this, are you a moron? <laughs> like you're going to offend four groups of people at once for, no like, good. For, for a bad joke, probably. Yeah. So it's a, and of course they all start like this <laughs> and then they start talking and it's a, um, to not realize what my Jewish friends have gone through, even though they weren't in the Holocaust themselves, but they lived it via the emotions that were tied into the generations talking about it mm-hmm. to look at my black friends and not realize that. Yeah. You know what? Um, you're lucky, but there's a lot of people who aren't so lucky. Mm-hmm. They were never given the opportunity. And you've heard the narrative, like the U S government wanted the black male to divorce and leave the house and all this stuff. And so daddy government could step in and do all that stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if there's any truth to it, but if there is shame on us mm-hmm. for doing it, because I can't even imagine what it was like growing up without a father because I've had such an impact on my son's upbringing. Oh, your break, your sound just went out now. What the heck? Did you touch anything? Nope. How about now? Yep, we're good. Um, so, so are so in relationships? Are you in a relationship? Have you had past relationships? Like, do you? So, this is something I think is actually really important if we're talking about planning. And when you talked about it at the top, where Tony, the teaching is, if you behave the way you did in the beginning of the relationship, there's not going to be an end of the relationship. What are your thoughts on that? Like, I get not planning, business, etc. But when it comes to relationships is it not do you not is there value there from your perspective in planning like planning date nights or vacations or shit like that yes i believe there's huge value in uh but don't plan the year out plan the week out Mm -hmm. what am i going to do amazingly well this week so that other people around me don't have to do it it makes their life easier which lays more value my direction and then you just feel like i swear to god you do that and all of a sudden all the noise goes away that you go that's annoying why won't they get off my back well, when you do this, all of a sudden that just goes away. Like they're on right. your back for a reason. They're reacting to something that you might have something to do with the narrative. Right. You know, it's a, um, I have friends out there, one in my mind right now. He's like, Brian, I think I'm just addicted to sex. I just run over here and I got to have this and I go to here and I do. And I said, when you realize why you do that, you'll be doing those young ladies a favor because by you not, by you going over there and doing all this stuff, you're not doing them any favors because they're getting emotionally attached to you. Right. And you're not getting emotionally attached and you're actually hurting that person. And that was big news to him. Cause he was like, I don't want to hurt somebody. And I said, yeah, but every time you might be right. because she's doubling a shitload of financial, sorry, emotional financial in there. You're taking it and not giving her an ROI. Right. Now another guy just after over. Right. You know, and now you're actually feeding this and then she'll be attracted to that same guy later, the same guy later, the same guy later. And it goes, it's vice versa. Yeah. I mean, I it, for sure. It's like, and then from the female perspective, it's like, why do I keep going attracting this kind of douchebag? Right. Like then there's a responsibility on me to figure out why do I keep bringing that guy into my life? Okay. Well, take the judgment out of that question. Why do I keep doing not your job? Why do I attract it? Why do I attract that type of relationship? Not even why. I wonder why. Right. Yeah. Because why comes with why. Versus why am I? Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. I wonder why the universe keeps putting that in. Oh. I wonder what the lesson is. Yeah. Thank you for the gift, but no, thank you. <laughs> no matter how good looking that person is. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. It's tricky business. It can. I'm 47 and, and last time I was sing- single, there was no Google, like legit. The internet just began 
for it for consumers. Um, Thank you, Al Gore. Thank you, Al Gore. But it's a it's an interesting dichotomy of all of the things. And I love and I love talking about all the things. I think it's you know you can spend hours talking about relationships and you know all the th masculine, feminine energy. I think everyone's obviously just trying to do their best, but it's the questions. It's always being curious. That's my favorite thing. Is let's just be curious. Why might that be, be happening? And and a male for as for as much as these people want to say masculine toxicity and blah blah blah, doing all this stuff. There's nothing more disappointing to a male than failing. Mm. Meaning, how did this marriage go away? Mm. I'm failing my kids by leaving the house. Like I know my friend who's going through this divorce right now. He flat out is going to be in misery because he's judging it. Yeah. Versus going, you never asked the right questions, which is why you got in the relationship in the first place. You were thinking that she was going to fulfill something for you. And she didn't. And you think maybe forcing her to have a kid is going to solve another. No, you're still an empty hole over here. You're going to, and then, then it's going to get more difficult when you can't leave the relationship because now you have children. Yep. Death is easier than divorce mm. with kids because at least death is final. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're attached to that, that kid or that spouse forever, regardless, good or bad. I'm lucky. Mine's great, but certainly not the experience for everybody, you know, in those but situations. You're, you're lucky that mine's great also is I'm lucky that I cultivated a relationship with my spouse where I wasn't such a BI that he wasn't such a DI. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, yep. we saw the value there. Like you brought enough emotional intelligence to it. Yep. Well, I, uh, that was, we went for an hour and 10 minutes this time. See, when we get into the juicy bits, it can go forever. Um, I deeply appreciate you coming back on. I will, um, I don't know if I'll do it the first one and then tease people for a little while. I don't know how it's going to go. It's going to go with the flow. Um, one it's a um you know you can say uh release them both in the same week and go saga one and saga, saga two, two. twilight one and twilight oh. two up to both in the same week go crazy awesome all right my dear it was super nice catching up with you i will see you sometime next year i'm joining Platts at the end of the year or middle of the year finally that's the that's one goal that i put on paper um, well, the power, the power of proximity in the plat oh, world is amazing. Once you go plat, you, I mean, I set up there all the time and I, it's, I'll never, I've, I've said for years, I'll never do GA again. Cause the conversations are so radically different on every level. Um, you get called out regularly, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful, and it's done with love, but it's like a whoosh, crack of the whip when you start whining or whatever. It's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Love you lots. Thank you so much. I will see you when I see you. Take it easy and thanks again. Have a great holiday. I'll talk to yes, you later. Yes, you too. Bye.